Peace and blessings and welcome back to the Heritage Hip Hop Podcast. This episode is brought to you by www.heritagehiphop.com. We are more than music where we introduce you to your future favorite artist today. And on today's episode, we go to the we go to the south where we meet Lil Bay from 646 Entertainment. We're talking to an artist that not only believes in being true to themselves, but overcoming the things that hold them back to give you the real when it comes to good music. Make sure you pay attention to this episode because this is a great one. Stay tuned and I'll come back with the rest of my commentary. Peace and blessings and welcome back to the Heritage Hip Hop Podcast, where we bring you your future favorite artist today. And today I got someone who will change how you look at hip hop by how she brings back that real hip-hop sound. Please introduce yourself to the people. What's going on, everybody? It's your girl, Lil Bay. Thank you so much for having me on your show. I really, really appreciate you. Oh, it's a pleasure and an honor, because you're not new to us at all. Nah, nah, not at all, not at all. So it, it feels really good to be here. definitely does. Words. We're going to give a shout-out to... MJ Hip Hop Connects, the Heat DJs, and the Fleet DJs before we get started because they're the ones who help put this thing together, and I'm very, very intrigued by you. So let's get started. I'm not a typical hip hop show because I like to ask okay. real questions, and I really respect the mind of a real artist. So okay. I'm not going to ask you things about your food, favorite food or your favorite color, who's hot in the industry. I focus on you. So my first question to you is this. When did music change your life, and why did you want to do it? Honestly, I think music kind of did me, if that makes sense. Um, it was something that was always my getaway, you know. Growing up, you know, on Saturday mornings, that was the thing. Grandma would play music. We would clean, and I would enjoy that. I would look forward cleaning on Saturday mornings only because of the music, the way that it would make me feel. Me singing and kind of getting my emotions out that I really couldn't talk about. Um, and that was at a, a young age. And then I started going to school and I met my music teacher, Mr. Fox, and he told me, you know, I feel like you really got this. I loved the fundamentals of music understanding like the treble quest and the notes and what's a flat, what's a sharp, like it really was my home. And after that, it kind of was up from there. I met OG Neal and here we are 10, 11 years later, <laughs> still doing the same thing. So no matter how much I, I try to get away from it, I mean, it's just me, you know, it's always been me. That's a beautiful story. Because you have so many layers to unpack within that story. Yeah. I want to go back. I want to go back to Grandma's house, though. Okay. Because we're going to get deep. Like I said, this is not the, the typical show. We're going to really talk. And one thing I know about music is music is the gateway to the soul. Mm -hmm. So when you hear something that attaches to your soul. It even makes your spirit shake and you get goosebumps or you just get something that could either bring tears to your eyes or joy out of your skin. Yep. Tell me, tell me that one song she played that brought that out of you that made you really say, nah, this is me right here, because you felt it, not just heard it. Hmm. 
You got me there. Ooh. Yeah. Let's see. Because Grandma played a lot of stuff. All right. So what really gave me chills? A lot of things give me chills. Um, mm-hmm. But I would say out of everything that she plays, to be honest, Take Me to the King was her favorite. And that was honestly the one thing that would give me chills. One, because I knew that she loved it. And I knew that she enjoyed hearing me sing it the way that I would sing it. Mm-hmm. And that gave me chills in a different type of way that was different than any, any, uh, anything else. So that was, that was a special one mm-hmm. right there. I love, I love, I love that because now I have to ask you in context, where are you from? Um, I am from Fort Mill, South Carolina. I live in Rock Hill, South Carolina. That's 803. And I do represent the 704. That's North Carolina. Check this out. What's up? The, the history of Southern music is the history of secular music, gospel mm-hmm. music, and blues. Yeah. So when our people talk about this is the stuff I heard in the house, you heard a lot of music that came from the soul. Yeah. And one thing about soul music is full of reality. And nowadays, a lot of music is full of fantasy. How do you bridge the gap to bring your reality into the world of fantasy but still be yourself? Um, I don't believe in fantasy. Honestly, uh, I do feel like everything now is fabricated completely um, because now they're expecting people to live and be someone who they aren't. And that's the the difference between me as an artist. I'm completely authentic. Everything about me, from my look, from my style, from my flow, you know, even when you meet me, when you speak to me, my ambiance is just different. and. I maintain that. That's kind of the the main thing that I want people to understand. Like, it's okay to be you. It's okay to be a little different, you know. It's all right not to fit in somewhere because you're not supposed to, you know. It, I, I mean, I have always been that person, so I don't really – I don't know what it's like to live a fantasy. Anything I want is my reality, if that makes sense. Um, I, I'll know exactly what I want. And I know exactly what I need to do to go get it, and then it's mine. So, therefore, that manifestation, you know, me and the universe were one, and most people don't understand that. So I've always been different, per se, as this society may say. But I'm just a little unique, and I like people to know that that's okay to be that way. Hmm. I like how you said that. No, because uniqueness in reality is something that has become separate in the last 20 years, which is crazy mm-hmm. because there's agendas put in place to make something seem normal, which is really not, and take normality, and it's something that's seen as obscene. So I'm glad you said that because I want to I have a little fun. You like cookies? <laughs> I actually, I'm so glad. You said that because most people be like, okay, so I'm two artists, right? So I'm I'm Lil Bay and then I'm Anime. Anime is me as an R&B singer, right? 
So okay. people always be like, oh, eat the cake anime. And it's like, actually, I like cookies. Like, I'm a cookie freaking fanatic. Like, I like yeah. all kinds of cookies. So sorry that you said that, but that definitely made me pretty hungry just now. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going we're gonna to have some fun with a cookie analogy. Oh, I like cookies. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I like cookies myself. Okay, bet. So my, we 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 hey, here. Yeah, we are. Look, we good. My favorite cookie those peanut butter cookies. What's your favorite cookie? Mm, I would definitely have to say sugar cookies, like soft okay. sugar cookies. Now, we're going to acknowledge you by having a, a, a palate for cookies. Okay. Now, see, the average person has a palate for music. Mm-hmm. And the the disgrace thing that we've experienced with our music today is I meet you, you look at me, I say I got some cookies. You say I want some cookies. I give you a sugar cookie, you give me a peanut butter cookie. And then you give me your art, which is the cookie, and then I'll bite into it and then I'll taste ketchup. <laughs> you know what I'm that would turn your stomach like this. I expected this, but I got this. And in today's climate, a lot of music is doing that to people's palate. What are you bringing to your through your music to people that does that cleanses their palate of the disgust that they've had in prior music, and then endears them to want to hear you and your story more? Mm-hmm. It's funny that you say that. Um, I basically kind of how okay, relating to a DJ. Um, when the DJ has like a popular song, boom, and then you have independent artists and you have, you know, their music, it's difficult for you to throw something that's completely different out of this world into a mix, even though it's good music. Like it's really good, but the, it's catch up to everybody. You know what I'm saying? And with my music, I would say I give you that sugar cookie that you want, you know, and then I also give you the peanut butter that you want that kind of takes you back because now you got a snickerdoodle and you're like, oh, my gosh, what in the world is this? <laughs> this is amazing. This cookie tastes fantastic you know what i'm saying and you would expect it to be ketchup because yeah i look different you know what i'm saying i'm not your average um r&b hip-hop artist you know i'm not super um yeah we're gonna leave it at that i'm not that you know what i'm saying i'm me you know I'm, i'm i'm just authentically me and it's they expect ketchup they expect it to be mediocre, and then when they hear it, they're like, oh, wow, it's kind of – it's up to par. Like, wow, she's giving me flavor, and she's taking me back, but I can still throw her in the mix. Mm-hmm. And it still works. It still flows. So not only does the artist succeed, but the DJ does as well. And that's kind of what makes me give that palette a little, a little glitter. <laughs> I'll show you. I respect that. Everybody, this is Heritage Hip Hop, Kareem interviewing Lil Bay, upcoming artist who's changing the palette of how you taste and feel the music that you're giving. So 
With that being said, I, you kind of went like seven light years ahead of where I wanted to go in this conversation, but I'm <laughs> glad you did. No, I'm glad you did because part of my language, but everybody in the industry, to me, is full of shit. I'm sorry. I got to say yeah. Because I believe the way technology is today, we're not appreciating the independent artists because we're watching you develop and grow in real time, and people will want to critique you like you're seasoned already, like you've been in a studio with Quincy Jones, <laughs> you know, right. already. And, and that's like, not sir. fair. Go ahead. No, say what you again, want to say. it's like, sir, like, you know, and, and I'm glad you said that because it's like, all right, I, I, I'm, a, I'm not wealthy 100% yet. You know what I'm saying? So That's right. Let's say yet. Yeah, of course. I'm I'm not there yet, but I'm on my way, you know? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. when you record music or or you shoot a video and people are expecting it to be like Beyonce level and it's just like okay, so you got um you got Beyonce money. You got that do you have the videographer that can do that? Do you have the producer that can do that? Like, they don't understand the breakdown of how much, one, all of that costs. Um, not only just for the quality, but for the time of those people. That's something that's pretty expensive for somebody who still works a nine-to-five. I do music part-time, and I'm still a parent, you know? So it's like, great idea. Perfect. Why don't you go to school and pick up a camera? You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're going to talk about it, do something. Be a solution. Don't just point out the flaws when people are trying because it can be very degrading in someone's process, and that's not okay. I feel like we should – everybody should congratulate anyone because that's important. That could mean something like, yo, you're doing a good job. Like, keep going. Just saying that to somebody could mean something to them. Like, people be ready to give up. This, this thing is hard. I've been doing this for 11 years, and I've been trying to give up forever. And, of course, nobody will let me, but I'll just be like, man, don't nobody see me. Don't nobody hear me. It's like, yeah, but who cares? Just at the end of the day, like, what I'm putting out is going to mean something to somebody. And what I have to say is going to mean something to everybody eventually. I'm already a legend. I just haven't, I hate to say it, I just haven't died yet. So that's just that. But sorry, you go ahead. <laughs> that's a big statement. I'm already a legend. I just haven't died yet. We're going to revisit that soon. Okay, let me go for it. Because <laughs> that, I think I'm going to name this interview. That's <laughs> crazy. For okay. real. Like, go ahead, keep going. Nah, I'm just saying for real. Like, that's, that's the truth. All the legends, they gone. Most of them. And, you know, that's, that's going to gear me towards females in the industry now because I want to apologize to you early for the simple fact that through sexism and Western philosophy, the woman, especially the woman of color, has been degraded as a symbol and not as a living essence. Mm -hmm. Appreciated as a living essence, which pardon me. And it's only been in the last 12, 13 years that the quote-unquote black woman was considered profitable. Because mm -hmm. through our, our, our existence in America, the woman of color, black or Latino, whatever, 
has always been seen as Sarah Bartman. You're the sex symbol. That's it. Yeah. And you even, you even kind of hinted on it in what you said about the presentation. I want to tell you, though, that if they had to judge it off of looks, you are very attractive. So I don't want that even to ha having to be said again in this interview. So anybody who wants to look her up, believe me, look her up. But the pretty face is not the talent. Because we see a lot of pretty people who can't sing a, sh a, lick, a lick of shit. <laughs> and, they, and they come to the forefront with a mic, and as soon as they open their mouth, the booze are louder than the chorus. <laughs> they yeah, thank you, thank you. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, no, you are an asset and a real talent. So I want to put that on the table first before we continue the rest, okay? Thank you. I appreciate that. But That's even right. though this is the industry that we're in, how have you seen any doors open within those past couple years to see the voice of the woman being recognized and respected instead of just heard and acknowledged? <laughs> to be honest, I think it works for some, but not for all. Um, and that's just me being a woman of color. Mm -hmm. Um because, like you said, you know, especially in this industry, women are seen as a sex symbol. And that is one of the things that me personally as an artist, I'm just kind of like, mm, I got a daughter. Like, we ain't going for, I mean, I'm going to do uh, something comfortable, but I'm not going all the way out. And you just have to respect that. And I think because I stand up for myself and I know how to do that, um, that has made me one more marketable because it's known that, hey, all right, we could throw her in the field and she can handle her own. She's not going to get lost somewhere and, and turned out, you know what I'm saying? But mm -hmm. unfortunately, the way that the industry has things and the media has things, you have most young women who aren't that vocal. And so they are turned into a sex symbol and some of them willingly do so, you know, and that's, you know, that's their thing. But for the ones where you can kind of tell like, mm, we liked you before. <laughs> it's like, you know, we liked you when you were a little more conservative, not because of, you know, just seeing you with clothes on, but you seemed more comfortable. You seemed more you. And it, that kind of goes back to being authentic, you know, not really falling into the trap of the industry. And I think that's going to be the hardest thing for me, per se, because a lot of them are like, well, what I keep hearing is, well, sex sells, sex sells. And I'm like, yeah, but also do books and um, lotion and skincare and tea. Like everything is, is selling, you know what I'm saying? So you saying that sex sells in the industry doesn't mean that it has to sell with me. That doesn't mean that I can't make a different route because there was always someone that changed things. So why can't it be me? Like to shut me down and say that I have to conform to what it is, I, I'm not accepting that, you know. And it just takes the willpower of women of color to own their sexuality, own your womanhood, like – if I want to dress like this, it's because I want to, not because a stylist told me I have to. Because if it don't work for me, it don't work for me. And I'm just not putting it on. Like, mm -hmm. I'm not picky, 
Um, and granted, I don't have a stylist, but I have been put in situations where people have had to dress me, you know. And mm-hmm. if I'm uncomfortable, I'm uncomfortable, and I'm going to voice that. And it, you're going to see it in my face. There's no way that I can hide that. I'll, I'll fight through it performance-wise, but you, after a while, yeah, give me a jacket, you know. <laughs> yeah, where's my change of clothes? Because I'm not, I'm not doing this. And I think women need to own themselves. And I think Chloe, um, is her last name Bailey? Mm-hmm. Of the twins? Mm-hmm. She's, she did an interview recently um, in regards to her video, her new video, and which I love. And her story behind it was like, you know, people were asking, like, why do you have so much skin? Why are you so much, so much skin? Like, we're used to you being young, Chloe, conservative. And she's like, because I want to. She's like, because I'm beautiful. And I want to show, you know, the woman body the way women want to and art and feel comfortable in it, not because someone's trying to own or force me to do it. And that made me see things in a different way, like, wow, like, you do it because you want to, because I feel like it, not because I have to. You feel different when you do it. You perform different when you do it. You know, it's a different walk, a different talk, a different, you know, sway, a different twirl. It's different. Like, and if you're a woman, trust me, I know you know what I'm saying. I mean, it's you don't get that when it's forced. You know, so don't allow people to force you to do something you don't want to do. If you don't want to do that, say, fuck, I look like, and no, the fuck. Excuse my language, but yeah. No, I hear you. See, I'm a, <laughs> as you can tell, obviously, I'm a male and listening to the female perspective. And I don't want to run with the interview because this is your story, but I want to tell you, the look of the female and the presence of the female is taken for granted on our side because we're never really taught to respect that side. So when mm-hmm. I was developing, I was pruning my music tree to see what I like and what I didn't like. There are certain instances in my in our culture of hip-hop that made me proud of the woman, period. Mm-hmm. I want to give you three as an example. The first one, was when video back in the day, video music box, Ralph McDaniel, shout out to the OG the, and, and, and the king god of hip-hop to me, Ralph McDaniel. They had an interview with Lauren Hill of the Fugees, J. Rue the Damager, and uh, yeah. I forgot the name of his crew. Oh, my God, I forgot. I, um, I forgot. But they had an interview, and they would talk about knowledge itself. And every mm-hmm. time Lauren Hill tried to talk, J. Rue the Damager kept interrupting her like, woman, get in, stay in your place. But then she overpowered the interview, said her thing, and shut that man down. That was a big statement for me, number one, because she's from my home state. Shout out to Jersey. But two, it showed that when someone's real and they spot male or female, you can't dim their light. Exactly. And, and that's something that I gave her credit for and I loved her for as an artist. Now, there may have been things in front of that, you know, because people could talk about the uh, other artists, but that's the one right there that really put the light bulb in my head when I was younger. Then mm-hmm. after that, recently, we saw the Nicki Minaj, um, Remy Ma battle, I guess it's called a battle, mm-hmm. where Remy <laughs> brought out all the ladies from the past on stage that talked about female unity. And then the last one was when Cardi B talked about y'all 
She said, y'all get on me for making songs about sex, but when I make songs about real shit, y'all don't buy it. So you get mad when I'm sexy, but that's what you buy, but you want me to talk real shit, but you don't support me. So get the fuck out of here because y'all full of shit. Right. Then she, then she said, then she said, y'all come down on me, you come down on Megan, but there's other females out here who are not talking that sex shit who are good. Fuck with Rhapsody. Fuck with Neela. Fuck with Chica. Fuck with, I mean, she was putting the names out there. Yeah. And, and, I, and, I, and I mean, people may hate Cardi because she's loud or whatever, but I respect the hell out of her because not only was she telling the truth, she was putting people on the asses lyrically or verbally by saying, this is a reality, and if you really want the reality to change, do something about it. Yep. So not to be too long-winded, that's why mm -hmm. I want to hear you. Because whenever yeah. somebody new comes to the table, now I got a new plate of cookies. Now I get to see, oh, she made this with molasses. She made this with sugar. This got brown sugar in it. Whatever flavor you bring to the table is going to make that cookie last. But if I bite yeah. into that thing and it brings ketchup, I'm throwing that shit out. <laughs> I'm going to tell everybody your cookies are garbage. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, I feel you. Definitely. I see, and that's yeah. the thing. So I, mm -hmm. I agree with everything that you just said. Like it makes perfect sense, you know. Um, don't let nobody dim your light. Like at the end of the day, and that's the thing about Cardi. Even though you know she shows what she shows, she sex sells for her. You know what I'm saying? She owns that. You know what I'm saying? It's not because anybody forces her to. She know it works for her. You know, it makes her her money. She do exactly what she got to do. And behind closed doors, she is who she is. You know. So that's all that matters. I feel that. I feel that. But I got to ask you a question because we're talking about lights. And lights are color scheme driven. What's your favorite color? Yellow. Now, yellow is a color of nerves. Because mm -hmm. some people will tell you some bullshit like mellow, yellow, yellow is true, or yellow is a cowardly or whatever. But actually, yellow is a color of emotion and nerves. Because yellow either opens you up or makes you shut down because it's too stimulating to some people's mm -hmm. to some people's aura. How do you command your yellow and why does that and why does that stand out with, with you? My yellow keeps me on the highest vibration possible. Mm -hmm. Um because Honestly, the two my two favorite colors are yellow and black. Um, black because mainly everything I wear is black, so I'm trying to get out of that. But um, those are also my emotions. Either I'm really high vibrational or I can creep down and get really, 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 really dark. So I have yellow everywhere, you know, to keep me up there. And mentally I see yellow everywhere, you know. I Flowers, sunflowers are my favorite um, because, one, they have a mixture of both. So mm -hmm. that reminds me of me, that it's okay to still be have my darkness, but that yellow got to shine a lot brighter so that I don't have to visit there often, you know? So that's deep because either you're telling me you're a person of will or you're a person of emotion. Which one do you say you are? To be honest, I'm still trying to figure that out, but um, I, I know that I'm a person of emotion for sure. <laughs> I'm a Pisces. I can't help it. Um, okay. 
Yeah, full of emotions, for sure. <laughs> so when we define yellow, like I said, it's either a high or a low, extreme, because it deals with nerves. Yellow mm-hmm. can be happy, it can be youthful, it can be hopeful, it can be positive, or it can be the color that causes loss of focus and makes somebody irritable, deal with fear, insecurity, or low self-esteem. What is the biggest demon that you slayed in your, with you being an artist that helped you grow as a woman first before anything musically came from you? Mm-hmm. That was pretty deep. Um... I'm almost going to be like, ooh, you in my business. But no. <laughs> um, so honestly, I went through a complete depression after I had my daughter. Um, mainly because I had no idea how, what the hell being a parent was about. Um, and I was scared. Uh, and that moment, in life was pretty difficult for me. Um, I really didn't think that I would see yellow anymore. And quite frankly, I didn't want to see yellow because yellow made me want to get up and do stuff. And it kind of forced me to not be dark, but I wanted to be dark because it was comfortable there. I knew I couldn't get hurt here. I knew that nobody could judge me there. Nobody could tell me what to do. Nobody could say, oh, you're doing this wrong. You got to do it this way. You know what I'm saying? It was just like me and her in darkness. And it was like, but that wasn't healthy. And when I realized and came out of that, it really became easy to understand how not to go back. Um, But I will say that that was definitely a difficult time. Um, Some people say it's like postpartum, but I don't think mine was that I just really was to be honest I think I was dark before hand and then it was like oh my goodness I'm having a baby like oh my goodness what is going on like I'm supposed to be doing music full time like I was just about to quit my job like this is crazy and it was like what are you doing and it was like wow so what do you do and people was like, I don't know, ain't no book to this. And I was like, oh, my gosh, they just threw me in the ocean. And it, wasn't and it was like, nope, you got to figure it out. <laughs> and that was hard, but I did, you know. And now looking back, I'm so grateful that I went through that because I don't think I would have had the strength or the willpower to keep going when things get hard. Now when things go less, I just be like, all right, let me suit up, put my little Sub-Zero outfit on and – um finish him like literally that's how it is but see that makes perfect sense because with the color yellow being how you define yourself that's inspiration Mm. you went through something that had to deal with your ego you had to deal Mm -hmm. with something that tested your strength of not only character but you had to go through something that tested your strength of optimism positivity so that's the yellow one. Yeah. Once you say you like black to go with it. And when you look at that, mm-hmm. that's strength, that's authority, and that's power. So with that, not only did you go through something to test and build your strength and power, you also set yourself up as an authority. Being yeah. an authority as an artist is a major um it's a major component into your success. Because the one thing 
that I love about women who do music is that when you're on stage and you perform, there's nothing that can take that power away from you and that freedom because you command the room. How yeah. does performing how does performing help bring the real you out and not just people hear you and think they they know you? How do they feel you, understand you, and get to experience you at a live performance? To be honest, all of my live performances are an experience. Um, I command a room from the time I'm on, walk in the room, to be honest. Um, that's just something that's naturally happened for me. It's my safe place. I like performing more than I like being, you know, on the radio or just being in the studio. Performing is where I prefer to be. Being on the road, being on tour, when I was doing that, that was the life for me because I felt the ability to connect. Um, that was the moment I had control, and I knew that anything I wanted anybody in the room to do, they would do it. One, because I asked them to. And it wasn't even that I asked them in a way where they had a choice. Um, it was more like, all right, y'all in the back, you're sitting down, you're chilling, you're doing, you're not really, come on up to the front. Come on, grab you. Come on. Like, literally, no, get up. Come on. Like, I would, I have the ability to control things. And that gives me a natural high. That makes my yellow gold, to be honest. And mm. that's when I hear the song Joe Scott Golden. That's mm. honestly my that's my go to song when I'm at my highest point in life. Because at that point I know I am manifesting on a whole nother level for one. And everything is golden. Even when the darkness come, even that is golden because I know that there's a rainbow and I can see it and I can feel it. And it, it's just amazing. And that's how I feel when I'm on stage. I feel golden. I feel like the most important person, even though I'm the most overlooked person in the world. You're not overlooked and you're not overshadowed. See, the mm. most beautiful thing about butterflies are that when the caterpillar realizes it's time to change, they have to go through their change so that they can make their presence known when it's time to spread their wings. Ooh, you're spreading your wings. Well, you're spreading your wings. So overlook means that the world is going on around you. But as when you finally jump off that leaf and you show the world you are, remember, only a certain a certain few blessed people actually know who you are. But they have everybody can form an idea of who they think you are. So remember, out of 9 billion people in the world, you only have a select few that even get to understand that you breathe and you exist, and then that's the people who <laughs> catch your art, not the people who just look for glimpses. You understand me? Yes. Thank you for that. I just tell the truth. And this is Karev. Yeah, I have to tip pot with Lil Bay, and we make we making history tonight. <laughs> we cooking. We, we making cookies and talking butterflies. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> All this so, is magical. This is real magical. <laughs> so let's talk about the new single, Bad Bitch, right now. Now, I got something I got to confess to you about this song. All right? What's up? So when I heard the song, I thought she was from, like, Louisiana or something. <laughs> or Florida. <laughs> I, I don't think that. 
I'm going to tell you why. I'm glad you asked. Because your style of music is very 90s, early 2000s, down southish. And that style, nobody hears anymore. So it's refreshing to hear the real come back. I appreciate that. In your second verse of your song, you're flipping a style that's kind of reminiscent of early Trina. And, mm-hmm. Mia X, and Mia X, and it's the way you use your voice over the beat. When you heard, first heard that beat, how did you decide how you wanted to attack it and make the sound that you used? Okay, so first of all, when I made that song, um, I was coming out of my second depression, and I honestly had just got tired of crying, tired of being sad for myself, and I was flipping through YouTube. I was at, I was honestly at work and I was stressed out really. And I let, let the, let the beat play. And I was just like, all right, bet. How am I feeling? It's a little bait on the beat and you better watch your feet. And I was like, all right, let me, let me, let me, I got that. And then it was just like, damn. So how does this make you feel? And it's like, I'm a bad bitch. Yeah, he's like, I'm sad bitch. And that, after I hit that, it was like, okay, we going somewhere. Like, we got something. And in that moment, I couldn't finish anything else. I kind of had to sit back and just think. And I sat there for maybe like 30 minutes, and I just listened over and over with my eyes closed. I sat outside. I laid underneath the sun, and I just listened. And I wanted to really make it different. I wanted to be myself. But I also wanted to flip it to make it something that would actually be noticeable. Like, people would be like, yo, like, that's different. And that's when I was like, you know, I had it. And I was like, I'm a bad bitch. Yeah, he's like, I'm savage. But she's so good. I can't even let him have it like the little engine that could. All right? Mm-hmm. And it was like, fuck, I look like bitch. I get the gaming on him, and then it was like, all right, think about what what you do in life. And I was like, all right, I just went out last weekend. I went out into the strip club, and for the first time, that was my my first experience of being around people who had a lot of money and throwing a lot of money, and they was handing me money to throw. And I was like, oh my gosh, this shit is fun. I see why people do this, so I put it in a song. And from that point, it was like. Everything that you put in this song is going to be exactly what you experience from this day from from this day forward, and so that's what I did with that entire song. Everything in there is exactly what I do, go through on a day to day basis, or something that I've done. And after I sat back and listened to it, I realized this is how I want to make music. I want to make music to not only to where I feel it, but it's actually my life experiences, because then I feel it even more. And that's pretty much how this this came about. Word. See, it would be very um, improper of me not to touch on something that you brought up two or three times in the interview, and that's postpartum depression. Because that's a real real life thing that people undersell because they don't go into it. And being a mom is one of the most underappreciated jobs um, the world has ever seen. 
And we don't, as men, we don't ever think about the change a woman goes through mentally because as men, it's like, well, the woman takes care of the child or we just got to go get it the way we know how. You, you, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And part of what music does for a lot of people is it can bring them out of those feelings when they're inside of it. Yes. I want to say congratulations on being a mom first. And because you talk about being a mom, I know you take your, your, your daughter's life series and you take your career series. So salute to you on both of those aspects. Thank you. Thank you. Thank now, you. No doubt. Now, from creating a song to help you get out of that instant and bring you back on stage, shout out to the Fleet DJs for having you at the conference. You perform live. Because they the bomb. <laughs> because that song is out and you're seeing those things and your story is going to be out and women who may go through those similar type things, not the same, but similar type things may hear your story. I'm going to ask you, how do you think you are inspired? How do you think you, are you inspiring them? And are you going to make music that details those type of times you went through and what it felt like so that people can relate to your story and grow with you through it? So, yes. Um, I, I do make music, one, that tells exactly in detail my story. Um, no More Anime as an artist um, has a lot of music like that. And then Lil Bay Top, my next single that's coming out, is strictly about me being a single parent going through, you know, that um, by itself. And so, yes, the answer to that. Um, and to the first part of your question, if you don't mind, give me a little bit more detail. Repeat about the experience and how a man doesn't understand it or you already said you okay. music from it or is it the healing part that you wanted me to explain a little more? No, got you. So basically the experience and the difference between how a man would understand what a female would go through um, is more mental um, for a man they go through their separate thing as well. And they wouldn't really understand the difference because they're so focused on providing. And so they're men are 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 not necessarily allowed to be emotional. Um and when they are it's looked down upon. So when it comes to postpartum, that is strictly mainly a woman's emotions. And that's something that a man doesn't always necessarily know how to deal with. So it's hard for them to understand how it feels because their emotions that they have not been allowed to feel, which kind of goes into the whole mental health thing, which I, I'm, a, I'm a very strong advocate in that. Um, because if they were allowed to feel, then maybe they would be able to understand and be able to comfort a little bit more, if that makes sense. It does, because that's the thing that makes listening important, because a lot of people do a lot of talking and they don't listen. And our community 
has always had a problem with wanting people to listen to us, but it's horrible when we don't listen to us. So I wanted to bring that out in the interview and make it known, not only because you brought it out, but because those are the things that's important to our culture is relatability and being able to save the lives of those who listen to our music or watch our platforms just the same way because we are very important to the story of life itself. You know I me? Mean? Yes. So being important and being a spokeswoman for this, because now you're an authority, what is a bad bitch? <laughs> Ooh, okay. So a bad bitch is a woman who is phenomenal. She can conquer all things on her good days and her bad days. She has the strength that no one, that she doesn't even understand, to be honest. Um, a bad bitch is the woman who gets up every day and puts on her lashes and her makeup, and she goes and she puts a smile on her face at her nine to five when really she would rather be writing poetry to a live band. A bad bitch is a woman who cares for five five kids by herself. She works two jobs, and on the weekends, she barely has time for herself, but she still manages to keep her nails and her hair done and is flawless at everything that she does with all of the five kids that she got. A bad bitch is a woman who goes to, to a corporate office Monday through Friday surrounded by a community of people who really don't even want her there, but her excellence just, you know, it it it, it, it speaks for her to where she has to be there, and they have to accept her because without her, they really couldn't function because when she's not there, they still call her and need her. That pretty much is a bad bitch um, in my eyes. And then you also have, you know, your strippers, they the bad bitches, and you got your Megans and your and your Nicki Minaj, they the bad bitches. Then you got your Lauren Hills and their bad bitches. I mean, women, that's all bad bitches. Like every last one of us, we it's in there. We all have her. It's just owning her and finding her and defining her into who you really want her to be. And then once you've molded her and you take control of her, mm, yeah. That thing is something serious. It's something to reckon with, definitely. <laughs> so a bad bitch is more of an attitude than anything else? Not necessarily. Um, a bad bitch is more so of who you are. It's, it's, it's a part of you. It's not necessarily an attitude. It's more so in your DNA. You just got to find it. Um, every woman has it, just like a man would would walk out and be like have the have the ah you got me because i can see why you would say it would be an attitude um i'm glad you said that making me think <laughs> making me think because i was trying to compare a bad bitch with you know how how that would would work in a man's world 
But it would just be like a man being a man, you know what I'm saying? Him being uh-huh. comfortable within his structure of his self, knowing mm-hmm. his own worth. I wouldn't necessarily say it would be like an attitude, but then it could be like an ego. could be like an ego. So then being a bad bitch is an ego. Now that now that you got my wheels turning up, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because, see, see there, there are certain things that are used in different societies, and bad bitch is one of the ones that have crossed over. It's like when women call each other queen. I don't believe every woman's a queen and every woman doesn't have the right to call themselves that. Period. I don't. And one thing I saw, another woman taught me about being called a queen, she said, queens have slaves. I would never want to be a queen. <laughs> I would want to be more. I was like, wow, I never thought of it that way. And it took a woman to be right. out for me. So I want to ask That's women what that bad bitch statement means for them because I know when you're a people that doesn't have an identity, anything that empowers you as an identity, people will use it, and then you have people who are trying to come behind you and use it against you. So I want to hear from a woman's mouth what it is so that we can bring the positive out of it and not have somebody break them down with it. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, it definitely is a a positive light um, because I think now – and in society, it's kind of been taken negatively, and I don't think it should be that way. I don't think it should. Um, a lot of things have kind of been taken in a negative context because of the way that it's been portrayed, and I, I think I, I kind of want to change that. I keep wanting to change things. I don't, I don't know why. I just feel like I can change everything, and so I'm going to try. And I think I can change that. So if I can start with that, I know I can keep doing anything else. You could do anything you want to do. Because at Definitely. the end of the day, that's what you were made to do. And that's what you were made <laughs> for. But, Lil Bay, this I have to tell you, as much as I love talking to you, we've come to the end of our our interview. <laughs> so crazy. Please, give everybody your social media. How they can contact you, find you, get your music, et cetera, and more. All right. So it's your girl, Lil Bay. I have a new single out. It's called Bad Bitch. You can find it on all platforms. I also have a single out with Mr. Saturday. It's called Side Nigga. You can find that on all platforms as well. Make sure that you follow me on all social media platforms at L-I-L dot B-A three three once again that's l-i-l dot b-a three three shoot me a dm i will um respond and i do follow back um make sure that you smile and make sure you check out my music i'm wonderful i got a great story i'm a people person come hang with me word but before we go that Richard Hip Hop does not believe in streaming. So if Lil Bay song Bad Bitch is something that you like and you're going to ride to, we ask that you purchase the music. Because streaming means you're renting your music. And if you lost the internet today, tomorrow, <coughs> you do not own the song that you love. So make sure you purchase it. It's, rain, it, it's snowed in Brazil, from what I heard. <laughs> it froze in Texas, and we just had right. a hurricane. 
And we just had a tornado hurricane that tore our world. There's so many places. So if music is help, what helps you get through your, your tough times, don't let the people who are in control of the media try to diminish the importance of it. Buy your music, own it, and give respect to the artist because by spending that money, not only do their budgets grow, but you allow yourself more music because you're giving them the, the leeway and means to make that music for you. You agree? I definitely agree 100%. So not like y'all didn't used to make CDs and MP3s and, and have to pay for that. It wasn't always free. Come on now. Support, That's right. Support the cause. Come on. So before we go, I want to go to part two of our interview, which is the rapid-fire questions. You ready to play this game with me? Oh, wow. All right. You got me on my toes. Here we go. <laughs> All right. The rapid-fire questions are not yes-no questions. These are questions designed to show everybody your ex expertise in music and your personality and your craft. So the first question is, what song or album from another person perfectly describes you? Ooh. Um, Missy Elliott. Uh, is that Super Duper Fly? Okay. Now, see, now that was an album that bent the game because that was different. Yeah. That's you. Yeah. That's me. That's me all day. I'm telling That's you. That's what you said. All day. <laughs> all right. I'm feeling you. Here's my next question. What is the perfect song? Meaning, if that person never came out with that song, it would have been your first single. In my mind, um, geez, what is her name? Um, I can't think of her name. Uh, Heather Hadley, in my mind. Okay. If you know that song. Imagine seeing him on the town. Yeah, I probably would have wrote that. Yo, her voice, y'all. Check that out. Mm -hmm. I'm used to her rapping. I heard her sing. All right? <laughs> I'm loving it. I love when that can sing. That's a man thing. <laughs> Let's continue. Here's a very interesting question that I want you to answer from your very provocative mind. Okay. And this is the question. Who is the most influential woman in your life, and how does she influence your look on life and music? Mm. Probably, I'm going to take it back. So, Tweet? Okay, Tweet so, is dope. She, everything about her made me feel comfortable with myself. One, because she's a dark-skinned woman, and for a long time, and still today, dark-skinned women are looked down upon um, necessarily. Um, so that song, I tell you what I did last night, that made me fall in love with myself. And it was just like even watching the video, like watching her love on herself, like, it made me fall in love with now, especially looking like my feminine energy. And it was like, it's okay to love me. That that self-love, mm, that woman taught me. She is powerful when it comes to a lot of things. And she taught me a lot. She's very, very dope, very dope. So, yeah, that's me. Shout out to the dark-skinned women out there because you are dope. And don't let nobody tell you. <laughs> I love dark-skinned women, so shout out to y'all. Let's continue and go to the heart of the conversation. All right. The next question I have to ask you is this. You sing and you rhyme. Mm -hmm. What fuels you to do it? Either or. Is it the pain that you felt or the joy that you felt? It's both. 
um, because when I'm my happiest, I'm singing and I'm I'm flowing. And then when I'm not, I'm still singing. I may not be old, oh, even when I'm angry, I'm flowing. Yeah, it's just me. It's both. That's crazy. Yeah, it's both. Hmm. Uh, there's no way to separate the two, honestly. It's just now I've owned my rap. Um, I've been more so timid about it because it's different. And it's always been different. So I felt like because it didn't meet the par of what was out now, per se, you know, rapping about, like, complete sexuality, that it wasn't going to be accepted. And then it was like, who cares? You know what I'm saying? There are a lot of people who don't like Missy. There are a lot of people who don't like Tweet. There are a lot of people who really don't like Telly Rowland. But you do. You know what I'm saying? So why does it matter? If you like it, write about it. If you like it, do it. Because nine times out of ten, as long as – if I got 20 people that like what I do, I feel lit. Because, dang, y'all like me? All Mm. 20 of y'all? Come on, we finna we finna play Uno. We finna play Monopoly. And, and like, come on, we finna be friends. Because if I can get 20 people, I'm cool with that. Now, if I can get 200 people, I'm ecstatic. If I can get 2 million, oh, you might as well take me to the moon. Throw me on a, go ahead and put me on a rocket. And we, all 2 million of us finna go to a whole nother planet. Because mm. now they don't even understand us. So we don't even need to interact with these people. These creatures. We gotta go somewhere else. <laughs> I'm glad you said that. Because in the world of COVID, it's very hard to not appreciate where life will take you or where or, or, or to discount where you have been as you survive things of your past. So when they say love is a very powerful emotion, what do you think makes better music? Pain music or love music? And why? <laughs> For me, pain music. Mm-hmm. Only because now you're getting personal. But I, I got you because I, I like you. We cool. <laughs> I don't really know what love is, so um, it's kind of hard for me to really connect to that. Mm-hmm. My music comes from pain because that's really all I know. You know, I, I'm I really just started living. I've been surviving. So I write about surviving. That's where my stories come from. And now that I'm learning to live, I'm learning what love is. You know, I I can understand how people write about that that joy. Um, But I haven't really felt that yet, per se, 100%. Um, So it's different for me. Um, It's different. Like, the love for a child is different from the love that I'm speaking of now. Let me say that. Um, because the love for my daughter, I also incorporate that in, in with my pain music because that was all in one, you know, part of my life, if that makes sense. So I would say pain for me. Pain for it me. does. And look, I respect your total answer because at the end of the day, the greatest story ever told is the one you live and tell yourself from your own experience. Mm-hmm. So 
when I talk, when you talk about the love hasn't come yet, it's on its way. Probably already there. And the most important thing about love is, love is like your hand. And that's mm-hmm. the most genuine thing I could tell you for everybody out there who's looking for love, want a girlfriend or a boyfriend or a husband or wife or something. Listen, love is like your hand. When you're born, your hands are born, you're open. And with the more things and pain you go through, you ball your fist up. And when you ball your fist up, nothing can get inside. And it's not until you find or experience life where you can let things go. Because the only way mm-hmm. to receive your blessings is to let the things that have hurt you go. You need an open hand to receive blessings, and you need an open hand to give a hug. Because healing is the love that you look for, but love is the thing you have to accept in order for you to receive it. A lot of us want love, but we're not really, we're not really ready to accept it the same way. I got three more questions, and then we're going to walk up out of here. All right? I got this. So third to last question. I think this is a good question. You tell me how you feel about it, okay? All right. If music is the thing that makes the eyes open and the eyes are the windows to the soul, what part of your soul do we get that that when we hear the music, we're now part of your musical family? Oh, that actually is a good question. Very deep. Um, wow. Yes. Uh, you you technically are. That's, I think that's my whole purpose, and I feel like me healing and on my healing journey, um, I've understood that, you know, allowing people to know who I am through my music, giving them a piece of my soul is allowing them to be my soul family, my soul tribe what I would like to call them, um, and that's, that, that is my musical family. My musical family is my soul tribe because they're the only ones that see me. They're the only ones that really are willing to see me and open, like you say. You know, they're not that close fist that has these pre, <clears throat> excuse me, pre-assumptions. They're open to whatever their eyes are ready for. They're just, you know, opening their eyes as soon as I open my mouth and they're just taking in everything and they become my soul, my soul child, my my soul family. Wow. Thank you for that connection. I needed that. <laughs> hey, that's what we do at Heritage. Hip-hop. That was deep. As that you was see, really we are good. more than music. <laughs> Way more than music. Way more than music. Like and especially with me being on like my healing journey, that was a key, a key part that I needed, you know, because I've really been searching for my soul family, my soul tribe, and it's like music is the only thing that really warms my soul. And even when I do my interviews with you guys, this is the highlight of my week. These are the highlights of my day. Like I work nine to five, and it's like, yeah, oh, this is nice, you know, but I can't wait to get off. And it's like. People are like, oh, what you doing today? I got an interview. Um, don't call me. Don't text me. I'll talk to you. I'm going to call you later. Like, Tuesday, I'm busy. I, I'm booked. 
and they'd be like, all day, all night, because <laughs> I don't know how long it's going to take, so no. And it's because you guys have become my soul family. I like talking to you guys. You, Yeah, I love y'all. And y'all love me, and I love that. <laughs> yes, we do, and that's what's up. My second to last question is, how did you like being on Heritage Hip Hop, and would you recommend us to any other independent artist that's out there? Definitely recommending you to every independent artist that I know. Um, I felt so welcoming. One, thank you for having me. Two, thank you for really being uh, a wonderful host because you allowed me to be myself, and I appreciate that. Um, it wasn't really structured, and I like that. Um, everybody going to know. You're going to see because I promote. You know what I'm saying? I show love. That's how love gets shown, and that's just how I feel. Mm, that's what's up. So before we get out of here, once again, this is Karen from Heritage Hip Hop with Lil Bay. Lil Bay is a dope artist that has something to say because her life is the story that we're actually getting to understand as she reads to us through her music. And with that being said, it's time for the last question. Thank you for coming on the platform, and here it is. 500 years from now, in your town or your state, there is going to be a music hall of fame. And your music is going to be introduced to people 500 years in the future. You know how? Because when they go to that hall of fame, they're going to push a red button and your hologram is going to come out and they're going to hear your music for the first time. <laughs> My question to you is this. After making music, what is the legacy you leave behind that makes the world better because you've made your music? I completely changed the world. I made people understand what the word kind really means. I made people respect each other's boundaries and care about mental health. And it lived through my music. I am an advocate of it and for it. And that alone connected the entire universe to where you know, all the constant fights, the war, the battle, it all eventually ended and everything was completely at peace. And that's how we were able to push a button and my hologram was able to pop out because we were all able to get together and save this world because that was the message that I pushed and it worked. Ladies and gentlemen, she says she saved the world. Saving the world does not come with everyone making dramatic change. Saving the world comes from you making dramatic change. And if music helps you do that, listen to the message in the music. And as the late, great Tupac Shakur said, really listen to the word. Don't just nod your head to the beat. Really listen to see if you agree with the person that's really talking to you over the music. And what I can say is when real music, good music, forever music, life-changing music is made, not only does it live in your mind, but it lives in your example. So if Lil Bay's music not only makes you live a better example, share that example because you were not made to be a, a light unto yourself. You were made to be a light unto the world, and God made us to reflect him. And since we are God's heritage and we do hip-hop, God's heritage is hip-hop, which is us as well. So with that being said, this is Karev, a heritage hip-hop with the great 
little bay. And we say peace, and we out. We out. Peace. Lil Bay gives you something in her music that most people don't give you, and that's reality within her story. With lyrics that were reminiscent of 90s flavor with an eccentric kick, not only is she giving females a voice out there, but she's representing the female that most hip-hop does not recognize, and that's those that go through real life, motherhood, and gives you dope music as a working-class woman with a dream. A lot of people give us the whack and they give us the twerk, but a lot of a lot of them don't give us the grit and the heartfelt nature of the story that makes them the artists that they are. So salute the Lil Bay, salute to 646 Entertainment, salute to the Fleet DJs, the Heat DJs, and everybody out there that supports good music. Make sure you support us. We are Heritage Hip Hop. You can follow us at HeritageHipHop.com. You can follow us on all social media at heritage hip-hop not only that if you're looking to buy merch you can buy merch at storefrontier.com forward slash heritage hip-hop if you're looking to donate our cash app is dollar sign heritage hip-hop we are out there and what makes this platform the best platform going it's not that we just do great interviews podcasts blogs playlists and more it's that you're here with us and we thank you for helping us build this platform so to everybody out there that makes this platform great, thank you and we appreciate you. Look forward to our next event, Smoke in the City, happening September 17th at a lower lounge in Newark, New Jersey. A homegrown versus that brings the best from the city and celebrates New Jersey hip-hop culture. This is one not to forget. Stay tuned to our YouTube channel to see us interview the participants in the battle itself to see who's the best and what they're bringing to the table. With that being said, this is Karev from Heritage Hip Hop thanking everybody who's listening, everybody who's building with us, and every artist that we interview. We represent you and we say thank you, peace, and we out. Thank you for watching our presentation. We ask that you subscribe to our YouTube family and hit the notification bell for updates. Please like, comment, and share this video.